Well, praise God. We started teaching on uh, the gifts of the Spirit. I'm kind of not taking any pattern. I'm just jumping around the way that I feel led to address them. And I was going to go along the lines of discerning of spirits, but I'm going to change it tonight and go into another gift. But I do encourage you to look up all of the different spirits in the Scriptures because those spirits are out there. And uh, we are revealed those things so that God is teaching us, warning us, giving us an understanding. And uh, so make sure that we take care of our families and our households by knowing what type of spirit and allow the discerning of spirits, not speculation, and uh, come into our uh, life and let it work through our life. All right, let's turn our Bibles to 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, and we're going to look at verse 7. Uh, down through 11. 7 through 11. And it says, But the manifestation, where did I lost my place there? But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. Somebody say every man. Amen. That means all of us. It's not just to ministries, it's to believers, men. To profit with all. That means that we need to have it in all areas of our life, family life, business life, just relational. And it says, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge, to the same, by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of those tongues. But all these worketh the very, that one and the selfsame spirit dividing severally to every man severally as he wills. So we see that the spirit, the gifts of the spirit are subject to the Holy Ghost, Certainly, we understand that. But we are to expect them and to desire them. In fact, Paul says in 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter, look at verse 1. He begins to tell us that uh, follow after charity and desire. That means to covet, to be passionate after. In other words, really, to make it a focus of your life, to make it a focus of the use of your faith. And so we are commanded to desire the gifts of the Spirit, not to reject them, not to annul them, but to desire them. And if you uh, look in, let me see, First uh, uh, Corinthians 12, 31, it says this, But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. And, of course, the way is love. It's not a replace way. It is a more excellent way. And the way is to be conformed and joined to the gifts of the Spirit. So if just because we have love, we would say, well, I don't need the gifts. No, we need the gifts, but we also need a firm thread of activity of love one for another. Now, let's look at, uh, where do I want? Let's go to Acts 2, 1 through 4. I want to talk about tongues. And uh, this is uh, a big controversy. Not only is it a big controversy, it is a 
place in the body of Christ that we as Christians, most Christians, overall through the body of Christ, have never developed ourselves, matured, or sought to do anything other than what we have learned or heard from the pulpit. And I am convinced that there are thousands of people that know these secrets. They just never, ever unveil them to us. So we're going to be looking into the uh, speaking in tongues. And I know automatically you say, well, I speak in tongues, so I know all about it, said the foolish man. And uh, so since you're not foolish, I know you're not thinking that. Uh, Acts 2, 1, and it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, and they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Now, there is no doubt that we as Christians, as Pentecostals, Charismatics, we believe that when we get filled with the Holy Ghost, that it is the Holy Ghost coming to abide in us. We also have a sign that accompanies that abiding. It is the evidence. Now, some people say, well, could I be filled with the Holy Ghost and not speak in tongues? Could it be filled with the Holy Ghost and just receive it by faith? No. Can you be saved without fruits? No. Fruits are required. It is a required evidence. So when we get filled with the Holy Ghost, there is to be an evidence. When they were filled with the Holy Ghost, they spake with tongues as the Spirit gives them utterance. Now, let's just verify that that is one of the things that happens. Let's go to Acts 10, 44. Peter is preaching to the Gentiles, which he just does not trust and does not like. God has really commanded him to go there and question nothing, so Peter has to go. And Peter doesn't understand because he thinks the Jewish people are the only heirs to salvation. But God unveils that to him in this trance that takes place in Acts, the 10th chapter. But in verse 44, it says this, While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that the, whole, that the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost for they heard. Notice it says for. The reason that they knew it was the Holy Ghost was that they heard them speak with other tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded that they be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed he them to tarry certain days. So here we see that when the Holy Ghost 
is poured out and they are filled in the Gentile church. That's the first church that the Gentiles were speak, spoken of. Peter preaches to it, and it's a Cornelius band, a band of Italians that have been Jewish converts. And so they received the Holy Ghost, but they heard them speak with what? Tongues. Tongues. Now the word tongues, the gift of tongues, is a plural gift. It's not just one gift. It's a plural gift. So it has multitudes of tongues and uses in that one gift. So here we see that the, on the day of Pentecost, they spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. We see that when Peter was preaching to Cornelius, they spoke in tongues. And then if we just look at Acts 19 and verse 1, remember that Jesus said in uh, Mark the 16th chapter, verse 16, these signs shall follow them that believe. Now, one of the sign, the sign gifts, one of the sign gifts is the gift of tongues. Tongues is given for a sign to the unbeliever to convince them or to persuade them that God is with these people. Now, it is really the only sign gift that, or tongues is the only gift that is defined as a sign gift to unbelievers. Prophecy is to believers and so forth. And, uh, but the gift of tongues is not for the believers that believe to be convinced. It is for the unbeliever to be persuaded. So this is a sign gift. And uh, in Acts 19, one it says, And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came unto Ephesus, finding certain disciples. And he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Now that tells us that you can be a believer and not be filled with the Holy Ghost. I was raised in a church that believed that the Holy Ghost was the devil. And if you had it, they would cast it out of you. They would take you in the back room, cast it out of you. And uh, so they did not believe. And remember, there are three types of people in the body of Christ, the unlearned, the unbelieving believer, and the unsaved believer, and uh, uh, the unsaved person. So there, we contend with those three types of people. But in our assemblies, tongues are for a sign to the ones that are not saved. All right. And then uh, it says here that they were believers, but they had not received. So Paul evidently believed the way that he had been saved and the progression of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Because he had been saved on the road to Damascus, he never received the Holy Ghost until three days later. So we do know that you could be a believer and not be filled with the Holy Ghost. That here as well as in Paul's life. And then it says this, And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. And they said, Paul. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, come after him, and that is on Christ Jesus. 
When they had heard these words, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came upon them, and they what? And they spake with what? Tongues and prophesied. Now, people that would say, well, those were just for the apostles. Well, here's another 12. And on the day of Pentecost, there were 120 there. And then we know that Paul got filled. And then we know the band of Cornelius got filled. So to say it was just for the disciples is like two and two now equals eight. It doesn't equal eight. Two and two is four. And if the Bible says that other people got it that were disciples, then it was not just for the apostles. As some would teach, they are in error. Now, some would also use 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, that says this, that we look through a glass darkly, but until that which is at its fullest time appears, we always look or see things Darkly, So they say, well, since truth has come. No, that's not what it's talking about. All truth today is still seen through a glass darkly. We remember that we are as Jesus is, but we shall not see ourselves until he appears. Why? Because we're always looking through the view that is connected to our senses and to our physical world. But when Jesus comes we will be known as he is known. And then the Bible tells us that we look through that glass darkly, and so they say that the gifts are done away with because the truth has come. No, the gifts are needed today to confirm the gospel according to Mark, the 16th chapter. They are needed today as much as they were ever needed, and they will not be done away with until Jesus Christ himself comes and and reveals himself to us and to the world. So we are looking through a glass darkly. But until he comes, we are always going to be in need of the gifts. They confirm who Jesus is. Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. In my name they shall speak with tongues. In other words, there is a new language for every believer. And we know that there is a language of love. We know there's a language of faith. We know there's a language of authority. We know that there is a a language of doctrine. We also know that there is supernatural languages that men do not know that are given to men. Amen? All right, now let's go to Acts 2, 7 through 16. Now I'm just laying this out because I'm going to say some things that are going to shake your theology tonight. If I get to him. And uh, now remember that Peter has just uh, come out of the upper room. And down in verse 7 it says this. And they were all amazed and marveled saying one to another. Behold are not all these which speak Galileans. And how hear we... Now, what's these words? We, every man in his own tongue, wherein we were born. Now, these men that are speaking come out of the upper room. 
They're speaking as the Spirit gives them utterance. Now, immediately somebody would say, well, this is foreign languages. No, no. Let's read what it says. Don't tell me what you perceive it means. Just look at the Scripture and let it tell us the truth instead of us telling the gospel what is true. Now, let's look at verse 7. Oh, no, verse 8. And how hear we every man, somebody say every man, every man. man. Come on, every man. They didn't hear one man speaking one language, then the next man hearing a next language, and the next man. No, every man that we move down the line is speaking our native-born tongue. They're all Galileans. This is impossible. So then it says this, And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Now verse 9. Uh, boy, Paratheans and the Medes and the Elamanites and the dwellers in the Mesopotamia and in Judah and Cappadocia and in Pontus and in Asia Phygria, what is that? Phygria? Pyphilia? Pyphilia, okay. And Pamphylia and Egypt and in the parts of Libya and about Cyrus and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed. And they were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others mocking said, Well, these men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up in the midst of the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken unto my words. For these men are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. It's pretty early to get tipped. And it says, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And God says, and it shall come to pass that in the last days, saith God, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servant shall I pour out on my handmaidens. I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show signs and wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor and smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now that was fulfillment of the prophet Joel in, in Joel 2, 28 on down. But notice that Peter says these men are not drunk. But they tried to rationalize what was happening. Every man, every one of these men that were represented here, every one of these countries, if they stepped in front of Philip, they heard the language of their native tongue. And if they took another three or four feet and then stopped in front of John, guess what? 
Then the Cretes heard. They all heard every man speaking their individual language. How is it that we hear them speak in our native tongue? It didn't say John speaking Crete, over here somebody speaking a Mesopotamian, over here another man is, is preaching uh, the Medes. No, that's not what it said. It said, we all hear, no matter what man we're standing in front of, we are hearing them speak to us in our native tongue. So what was the miracle? Not only the utterance, but them hearing the interpretation of that tongue to their native language. It didn't have anything to do with, well, they're all speaking in native tongues. No, those men were hearing what God had them hear. The miracle was that God touched every man's ear that no matter where he stood in front of those disciples, they heard him proclaim the wonderful works of God in their own language. Look, it's very simple when they said, but we hear them speak in our own language. We, 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 all of us, hear them, 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 all of them, speak in our own native tongue. So it wasn't that they were speaking in other languages or other nationalities. Now it can happen that way. I've had it happen to me. You know, Dr. Obalu is from Nigeria. One time I did it and prophesied or spoke in tongues on a Sunday morning and Sister Barb Banks interpreted and Dr. Obalu came up to me and said, Pastor, you spoke in my native tongue in the providence that I live in. He said, and then Sister Barb Banks interpreted almost verbatim what you said. And I never knew Nigerian. Look, you hear me speak English. I can't even pronounce half these words. So, and then I was in uh, Herkimer, New York, and I was praying for Angela uh, Smith, Eric's wife's mother's husband. I think they got married when he was 86, and he's like 93 now, and... I said, why'd you get married? He said, well, I was in love. I said, cheesy, good night. Okay. And uh, so, but I started praying for him. She knows Italian. He knows Italian. And so after the service, she came up to Eric and said, I didn't know Pastor Dosek spoke Italian. Eric said, uh, yeah, all right. He doesn't speak Italian. And she said, well, I'm telling you, I'm sitting right there. And as he was praying for Dan, I heard him speaking he was praying for Dan in Italian, and then he started speaking to Dan personally and saying, you are my disciple, saith the Lord. You are my disciple. And so that was giving faith to him. Now, I was speaking another language. I didn't know it, but God does do those things. And I believe that one day I will be preaching on stages, and I would just simply tell my interpreter, take a break. I don't need you anymore. Now, I believe that, and that's what I'm using my faith for. And so these things that take place, we understand that they are supernatural utterances. They are tongues. They are one of the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians 14, 20. 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter, and verse 20. Hallelujah. And it says, brethren, be not children in understanding. Howbeit in 
malice be ye children, but in understanding be men. In the law it is written that with men of other tongues and of other lips will I speak unto this people. Who? The Jewish people. The Jewish people. Now, who did the disciples speak to on the day of Pentecost? They spoke to different people from different countries where they were born, but they were Jews because of their conversion to Judaism or because of their conversion to faith in Jehovah. So they were Jews. And then it says this, and uh, with other lips will I speak unto this people, and you for all that ye will not hear me, saith the Lord. Wherefore tongues are for a what? Sign. Sign. Not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophecy serveth not them that believe not, but to for them that, or for them which believe. So we see that sign, tongues are a sign. Somebody say a sign. A sign. All right. Now I want to talk to you about what we receive when we get filled with the Holy Ghost. How many of you people have told you you received your prayer language? Anybody receive their prayer language when they got filled with the Holy Ghost? Okay. Uh, Okay. Uh, I know God. Don't shock them yet, son. All right. Uh, Let's go to 1 Corinthians 14.10. 1 Corinthians 14.10. There are, it may be so, many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without significant, significant, signification. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian, and to he that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. Even so ye... For so much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit, I will pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Else when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned, this is not unbelievers, this is the unlearned believer, say amen at thy giving of thanks, seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest. Notice what it says. It says that, Wherefore, let him that speak an unknown tongue pray that he may prophesy. But it says, Even so much, in verse 12, that ye are zealous of spiritual goods, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Excel means to progress, means to become mature, to become skillful in the gifts. Now, what happens to the church is when we get 
filled with the Holy Ghost. What is the initial speaking in tongues for? What? Nice thought. What is it? Glorifying God. Glorifying God. That's one. Anybody else? Not yet. What is the initial infilling of the Holy Ghost designed for? As a sign. As a sign. A sign to the unlearned. And when it says a sign, it is an evidential language. The sole purpose of when somebody is filled with the Holy Ghost is based on the evidential language. The sign. All right. So when somebody speaks in an unknown tongue, when they get filled with the Holy Ghost, that is the evidence that the Holy Ghost is in that believer. Their faith has received the Holy Ghost. Could again, amen. amen. Without speaking in tongues, there is no evidence. So there is no conclusion that you have received the Holy Ghost. Come, we looked at the scriptures, right? Absolutely. And so how did the apostles know that they had received the Holy Ghost? They spake with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then how did Peter know that the Gentiles had received the Holy Ghost, Cornelius and his band of Italians, they spoke in tongues. Now, how did they know? Paul know that the disciples at Ephesus uh, in Acts 19 had received the Holy Ghost. They spoke in tongues and then prophesied. Now, most people are taught that when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you receive your prayer language. But really, that's not the initial usage of the language or the Holy Ghost giving you an utterance. He is unveiling that he has been seated or has filled the body, the temple of God, with his presence, with himself. And so he comes in, and that's the evidence that he's in. But it's an evidential language. Some people say, well, I received my prayer language. Really? Really, what is a prayer language? If you receive your prayer language, is that, is that what, who said you received the prayer language? Who did? Okay, you received, you said that you received your prayer language. Is that the only language that you pray in? When you, when you pray, you always go to that language? You do. So you're expecting God to interpret what the same words were every time you pray them, but you want God to interpret them differently. In other words, if I say, Jesus, God would turn and say, he doesn't really mean Jesus. He's calling for angels. No, the name of Jesus means Jesus. So your prayer language would always be the same prayer. Would it? Unless your language changed, you would be praying the same prayer. Is that right? But the Bible says this. 
If I speak to you in a language that you don't understand, I'm to you a barbarian and you are to me a barbarian. If we speak to God in a language that he understands, but you want him to understand it to mean something different, you are a barbarian. He doesn't understand what you are wanting. Well, God knows what I want. Well, you still have to ask. And even though God knows you have need of all these things, if you need a coat, you better ask for a coat or you're liable to get a diaper. <laughs> Help me, somebody. Yeah, right. Whatsoever you ask the Father, in my name he will give you. If you need food, then ask for food. If you need shoes, ask for shoes. But don't ask for food six times and say, no, God, you got the interpretation wrong. God is doing just what your language is determining for him to do. Amen. Now, I'm, I'm trying to get a point here. Remember, the Bible says we are to excel in these gifts. In other words, we are to progress in our usage and become more skillful with the gifts, no matter what gift it is, than we were when we first encountered the Holy Ghost. We aren't just supposed to stay in a childish state. See, people say, well, you know, I got my prayer language. So they just pray in tongues. And uh, it's always the same thing. If it's their prayer language, in other words, they're always praying about the same thing. Help me. If, I, if I'm an idiot, tell me. I'm not an idiot. Now, you said that we would edify ourselves. So every time we pray in tongues, mm -hmm. we edify ourselves. You thought. So in other words, all these times you've been praying, really all you've been doing is edifying yourself. But I see different now. Yeah, yeah, but I know you're seeing different. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking you someplace different. But see, this is what Christians do. They hear... I don't want to say that about them. Uh, I've been praying and fasting for the pastors in our area, so I, can't, I just can't tell you what I think. All right, so, but ignorance can only breed ignorance. Shallowness can only breed shallowness. Could I get an amen? And what we have done is we have raised a church out of a baby formula and we have allowed it to encompass all the new births that come in, and we never teach them any different. Now, I am believing that there are hundreds and thousands of guys that know different. And if they do, they just simply ought to open their mouth and talk about it. Amen. Because what we're doing is we are letting people just live in an ignorant zone. And we don't want that. Amen? Now, I'm going to... Well, hallelujah. Uh, let's go to a 1 Corinthians, the first chapter. Of 1 Corinthians 14, 1. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 and 2. Just in one chapter, the believer is confronted to be developed and skillful in five different uses of the gift of tongues. Oh, wow. 
I told you I was going to upset your cart. 1 Corinthians 14.1, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. Now watch this. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto himself, but unto who? Hmm. So now that does away with prayer language. That does away with edifying of oneself. What did you say? Edifying God. So that does away with all of them. He's not talking about God. He talks to God. Now that's one kind of tongue. Somebody say, that's one. And I'm going to show you. And he speaketh not unto men, for no man. Somebody say, no man. So this cannot be a foreign language. Because no man understands him. Now, I don't care if you're in, in Washington. I don't care if, if uh, you're in uh, Oregon or where, wherever these uh, anti-tongue guys live. I don't care where you are. No man understands him. That's pretty plain. plain. Now, if no man means something different in Oregon, then please, pray tell, let us change the dictionary. No man means no man. No man understands him. This is a language, a language given to a man to speak to God. And in this language, there is the discussion of the mysteries of God. The secret mysteries of the kingdom. Now, that's one. Somebody say one. one. All right, good. Now, let's go down to verse uh, 4. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. Somebody say, edifieth himself. That is one tongue. Somebody say, one tongue. Now, he doesn't edify himself if he's speaking to God. It's a different usage of a language, and it's a different language. You wouldn't edify yourself talking to God. You would be talking to God concerning the mysteries the mysteries, not your discouragement or anything else. The mysteries of God. That's one tongue. The other is that you could edify yourself. That would be a different tongue. And then to prove that, it says in verse 4, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. I would that you all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied, for greater is he that prophesies than he that speaketh in tongue, speaketh with tongues, except he interpret, and the church may receive edifying. Now we have a third language, and we're only in verse 8, in verse 5. Now we have a third language, a language that can be interpreted to edify you, not me, you. So now it's not a tongue that I'm talking to God, the mysteries of the kingdom. It's not that I'm edifying myself. Now I'm edifying you with the supporting gift of interpretation. Come on. Now, if God is defining these, he must expect us to know the difference. If God said, this is a tiger, this is a kitty. And then God says, take him home. And so you grab the tiger. Yeah, that's a different language. 
your kids are going to be eat. In the morning, you are going to suffer empty house syndrome. Your kids are going to be eat. You should have took the kitty. No, God wants to be plain. He wants you to be plain. He wants you to understand spiritual things. Remember the whole beginning of the three chapters that cover the gifts. I don't want you to be ignorant concerning spiritual things. Now, that's three. Now, let's get, the reason I know that they are supposed to be identifiable, if you go to verse 13, and it says, Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. Interpret what? He would have to interpret whether he was edifying himself. He'd have to interpret whether it was for uh, trans, uh, interpretation to edify the believer or if it was a gift where he was speaking to God concerning the mysteries. So a part of the gift of interpretation is why the tongue is being given or the utterance is being inspired. You have to know. Now, let's look at verse 14. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, and my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will pray with the understanding. Now, let me ask you something. Can you change what you're praying about with your understanding? Or do you just say, our Father which art in heaven? Now, God, you know what I mean, and you know everything, okay. Our, uh, Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. God, give me this daily bread, God, and God, deliver me from, forgive me for all of my trespasses, God, and lead me not in temptation. And then after I'm done, say, I come out and I say, honey, I'm telling you, I was in there praying for your mom and dad. I was in there praying for your brother's salvation. What would you say, David? Say you messed up. You say what? <laughs> How dare you say that? I was praying by the direction, the utterance that Jesus gave me. Did he give me that utterance? Yeah. Then don't you think that God should understand what I want no matter what I say? No. No. That's what I said. Well, you just better be careful what you're saying. <laughs> no, tell me. Could I do that? No. That is foolishness, and that would be ignorance concerning prayer. But Paul looks at it as when you pray in the Spirit, you understand what you're praying for just like you do when you're praying in your natural language. I will sing in the Spirit. So you get up or you, we stand up here and we sing Amazing Grace. And somebody said, boy, we sung that six times today. No, we didn't. Yes, we did. They played it six times. Well, you should have just interpreted what we were meaning. One was, look what the Lord hath done. How could you misinterpret Amazing Grace not to say, hallelujah, look what the Lord hath done. Now, don't you think that'd be stupid? Yes. Now, you say, oh, man, you're just speaking harsh. No, I'm not speaking harsh, but I'm speaking hard enough the hammer is going to crack the rock. Amen. 
See, God doesn't expect us to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. He doesn't expect us to be ignorant in prayer. He doesn't expect us to be children. And he doesn't expect us to speak like barbarians and expect a different outcome. And it says this, hallelujah. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray uh, with the understanding. I will also sing with the Spirit. I will also sing with the understanding. Then it says this, else when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say amen at thy giving of thanks, seeing he understandeth not? what thou sayest. Now, for verily, thou givest thanks well, but the other is not edified. Now we have another language. A language that blesses or thanks God for natural food. Now, you would not do that in front of those that don't understand. But if you was in another country and you went to pray over food, and you might say, God, I thank you for this food, and da da da. But then the Holy Ghost would start praying through you. He'd start talking to maybe poisons. He would start talk, talking to things that were toxic or that were going to harm you. He does the same thing when you enter into McDonald land. 100% beef patty. You never hear them advertise that anymore, do you? No, it might be. One time they, they gave me recycled, uh, a recycled bag, my food in a recycled bag, and, and the napkins were recycled. I said, listen to me. I don't know what you're trying to do, but I don't want recycled paper. I want my food in. I don't want to wipe my mouth with it. What is it might have already wiped somebody else's smile with it, if you know what I mean. I said, don't be giving me that recycled stuff. Give me the white stuff. Yes, hallelujah. So here, somebody say, we can give thanks over our food with the tongue. Now, is that the same language that you would use for edifying yourself? No. Hmm, okay, good. Is it the same language that you would talk to God about the mysteries of the kingdom? No. It's the same tongue that you would speak in the midst of a congregation to be interpreted? No. No. Four languages. Is that four? Yeah, absolutely. There's four languages. We've only had one chapter. There's four languages already that are to be established in our life and to function, and we are to understand them. I thought it'd go better than this, Jesus. All right, now look, let's... Uh, Hmm. Let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 26. And it says, How is it then, brethren, that when you come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue? Somebody say, every one of you. Yeah. So, and he's talking about a different tongue. And he says, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation, let all things be done unto edifying. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, 
let it be by two or at the most three. There's always order. And it says, and that by course and let one interpret. Now, listen to this. But if there be no interpreter, number one, everybody should know people that operate in certain gifts. And then it says this. Now, what's these words? Let him speak. Uh, wait. And let him keep silent in the church. Let him speak to himself. Somebody say to himself. Now we have five different tongues. And let him speak to God. Now let's go back to Acts 10.44. So we got five different tongues here where you speak to yourself. Not edify yourself. Speak to yourself. And... Uh, then, and we already covered the speaking to God. That was in verse 2. Now, Acts 10, 44, it says this. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Now we know that we could speak in tongues and magnify the Lord, worship God with the supernatural language. Amen. Now we got six tongues. Just six in the entry level of a believer. Six that we are to be familiar with, but we've never thought of. That we have never invaded, that we have never sought to be skillful in. Another, another which will bring it to the perfect seven for all of you spiritual number people. Now, if you went to Romans 8, 26 through 27. Act, I mean, Romans 8, 27. There you go. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, our weaknesses, our limitedness. For we know not what we should, what? Pray. For as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession, supplies the language for us, which manifests itself in groanings, understand, myth, not understandable languages or sounds which cannot be uttered under human understanding. And he that searches the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he, the Holy Ghost, maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now, when we come to the end of ourself, we don't know how to pray about a situation. So we ask the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, I don't know how to pray about this. So I asked you to give me the utterance that you may intercede on my behalf about this situation. Is that me edifying myself? No. Is that the, me talking to God? No. no. Is that me bringing something to edify the church? No. no. Is that me blessing my food? No. Is that me talking to myself? No. What is it? 
It's me asking the Holy Ghost. Oh, my God, I couldn't ask the Holy Ghost. Really? Jesus said, when I go, you will receive another comforter, another, a duplication of who I have been in your life. He will be your friend. He'll be your comforter. He'll be your helper. How did the, the disciples learn to pray the Lord's Prayer? Jesus, teach us to pray like John's disciples have been taught. He said, here's how I want you to pray. So, would it be wrong to, for me to ask the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, help me to pray about this situation? No, sir. He's another comforter. But see, we think that it's just whatever comes out of our mouth. Whatever comes out of your mouth is based on what you have experienced, what you learn, and the ignorance wherewith we have learned it. I was a child, I spake as a child, when I become a man, I started speaking like a man. Now, we are to excel. We are not supposed to stay where we're at. We're not supposed to stay as children that point at the cookie jar and say, eh, eh, eh. and the wife said, oh, I interpret, he wants the chocolate cookie. Well, you talk, Sonny, tell me what you want, and I'll give you what you want. My God, talk like a man. Eh, okay, your mommy says, no, he doesn't want the talk. He wants vanilla now. She's got a gift of interpretation. He's got a gift of glubber-bubber, I don't know. Groanings, which cannot be uttered. Now, do you expect him to talk like that the rest of his life? You expect him to learn certain things. David encouraged himself in the Lord. He understood encouragement. But now we as Christians should understand that, you know what, there is a language of encouragement where I build myself up. But see, we've been taught so one-dimensional that the Holy Ghost seems to be insignificant in too many areas of our life. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.13, there's nothing hid from him, the Holy Ghost, in whom we are in covenant with. Now, they may be hid from you, but they're not hid from him. He can speak to a problem. He can rebuke a devil. He can cause disarray to the army of, of principalities and powers that you don't even know are even attacking you. Jesus said this, Peter, I prayed for you. Because the devil has desired to sift thee like wheat. Peter did not know that. Jesus knew how to pray. So, tonight I'm encouraging you when you go to your prayer closet. Stop doing the same old, same old. God has more for you. There are a million problems that have been bypassed and not solved in the kingdom of God because of the ignorance of what we are preached. And it's time to excel. Amen. It's time to grow. And it's time that we start living in a supernatural arena. Now, we just discovered seven tongues. Let me tell you something. Then I, I left out 1 Corinthians 13, 1, 2, and 3 that says, I will, if I speak with the tongue of men and of angels, every believer speaks in angelic languages. 
and they speak to righteous angels and they speak to demonic angels. So now we have the perfect number eight, new beginnings. And we're going to, hallelujah, we're going to start from there. So I hope that you're encouraged, that you're not crazy. And uh, I want you to push forward and start communing with the Holy Ghost. Remember what Paul said. He said, I leave you to the fellowship of the Father, the love of the Father, the grace of the Father, the love, the fellowship of, of Jesus Christ, and the communion with the Holy Ghost. Build friendships with the Holy Ghost, and he'll take you places that you have never been. Amen. And he'll use you, and he'll be your partner. Amen. Yeah. Yes, Teresa. Sure. I'm, I'll bet there's a thousand of them in here tonight. <laughs> Yep. That Nassar, that self-same spirit, did they just incorporate diversified tongues? That this Jesus, is diverse kinds of tongues. Yes. Yep. All incorporated. And because we have a self-same spirit. Yep. Therefore, they're all considered diversified tongues. Right. They're all part of the diverse kinds of tongues. Okay. They all fall within. That's why I said it's plural. Yes. And it's, it's just really unnumberable. We think that there are something like uh, 2,500 dialects just in the Filipino uh, suburb uh, providences. That, that doesn't even mean uh, the whole nation. But there's t like 2,500 languages. And some have even said that there's up to 250,000 different languages just in the third world cultures. But... If they have that many tongues, how many tongues does heaven have? Sure, absolutely. It's unnumberable. But see, we always just talk. You know, people pray for 20 years with the evidential tongue. They say, well, I'm edifying myself. Well, I'm praying in the spirit. God says, look, you're praying the same thing. I asked the pastors, I was preaching pastors this one time, and uh, they said, oh, man, I, I don't know about that. So I asked a lady, I said, you pray in the spirit about your uh, church? She said, absolutely, every day. I said, what do you pray? She said, the same thing I got when, you know, I, I use my prayer language. I said, what prayer language is that? She said, well, the language I got when I got saved. I said, really? So you, you think that God uh, just throws in there what you want? She said, I, I never thought about it. I said, exactly, you never thought. I said, you've been doing nothing. <coughs> Eric and I, we're, Eric, are you here? Eric, remember the, uh, we was in uh, Montreal, is that? Okay, we were in Montreal in the French province. We was in a church. I preached from uh, 8 or 9 in the morning till 5 o'clock that night. I mean, literally, I would preach, and they would run the crowd out. I'd have a cup of tea. They'd bring me back out on stage. I'd preach again. And it was the biggest French-speaking church, biggest uh, Spanish church. It was just the biggest church over the whole uh, Montreal nation. And I preached on this in the leadership. They said, teach us about the gifts. So I was teaching them about this. And a guy leaves the service after the Saturday morning thing, and he goes out, 
and he sees this car. And the people ask him to come, and he goes over, and he uh, uh, says, uh, English? They said, no. He said, uh, you know, French? Well, however French says, you, you know, Ramor, what? I don't know. Palibou français, French fries. They said, no. No, we don't speak English. We don't speak French. And he says, well, what, what are you? And so he talked to him. Finally, they show him, they're Polish. Uh, no, they're uh, Russian. They're Russian. And he says, Russian. He says, God, Pastor Dosak said we could ask you to give us utterances. I asked you, God, to give me the utterance of Russian so I can help these people. And he said he started speaking in tongues, gave them direction where they were asking, invited them to church, gave them the directions. The next morning, he met them at the door of the church. Never knew Russia, never knew anything. And that morning, I give the altar call. They come and give their life to Jesus. Now, that guy had never done that, but he had the courage to say, God, help me. And he came and gave the testimony. He said, yesterday morning, I run into these people after the service. I spoke in Russian, gave them perfect directions, invited them to church. They came. I gave them directions. They got here. And today, they gave their life to Jesus Christ. Look, we are living so below the Holy Ghost and, and his benefits and his power that we are, just, we, we are just missing so much that he has for us. So let's just invade. What do you got to, to lose? They already think you're weird. They already think you're crazy. Demon-possessed. They call Jesus a demon-possessed. Man, they, they call, call us everything. You know, I, I was introducing communion to Lincoln one time, and I, so uh, every Sunday he'd say, Papa, can we go and drink some more blood? I said, son, quit saying that. I said, people will hear you, and you, he'd be going through a grocery store. We drink blood in my papa's office. Really, what's your papa do? He's a pastor. Oh, really? At Only Believe Ministry. We heard about that, church. Yeah. So, look, we want, I want to be all that God wants me to be. I have been in other countries transported from my prayer room and be walking down the street speaking to somebody in an unknown language. I was edifying. I was encouraging. I was doing something. I had no idea. But that man was being touched by God. You say, well, how can you do it? Paul said, look, you know what? Philip was caught up, wasn't he? Paul said, I, I'm not going to be there physically, but I'll be there in spirit. Now, do not attend church in spirit. I like physical people <laughs> right here. Hallelujah. And uh, praise God. I had a guy call and say, Pastor, I, I, I haven't been in church. I've been busy, but I'm sending in my tithe. I said, I thank you for that. But absentee members are charged 20%. Next week, he showed up in church. <laughs> so, uh, look, let's just go where we're being invited. Go where we're being invited. Because I'm telling you, God wants us to come up higher. He's knocking on a door. Let's let him in. Amen? And as we start progressing in this, you're going to see yourself just grow and abound in the things of God. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. God, keep it.
I, I, I know, God, it is simple. Just help us keep it simple. And let us just be filled with enough faith to be childlike, just to trust you. And God, we ask it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Sunday morning, 10 o'clock. God bless.